0: Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Connect and Convert, where we share insider secrets to small business owners on how to make your sales grow like lightning. We have a very special follow-up episode. You may have seen our episode of with Paul Boomer, a conversation with Paul Boomer. We're going to do part two. But first of all, let me introduce myself. I'm Dennis Collins, and my co-host is...
1: Hi, Leah Bumfrey from sunny Saskatoon.
0: Hi, I like that, sunny Saskatoon. I'll bet I have more sun here than you have,
1: though. Uh, Yeah, yeah, this time of year, for sure.
0: Yeah, for sure, yeah. So, uh, welcome back. We had an enjoyable, productive conversation with Paul Boomer, Now, Paul Boomer, let me give you, he's got one of the longest titles in the world, but I love reading every bit of it. It's a good one. It's Employee and Leadership Optimization, Company Culture Advisor, Wizard of Ads Managing Partner. How about that? And he deserves every bit of that and more, okay? Paul is someone that I've known for several decades, Leah, I think you probably just met him recently, but he is a true subject matter expert on business leadership and culture. And if you don't believe me, go to wizardofads.org. And when you see a class with his name on it, take it, take it. It will transform the way you think about leadership and culture, okay? To add to his accolades, one more accolade. Hopefully, the next time we interview Paul will be author. Yes,
1: yes, author. that's right. He is working on his book, and he is. I'm excited to he read is. that. But you know what? Anybody who teaches at the academy, anybody who starts dipping their toes into writing, specific to small business, it always makes me think of Wizard Academy. The fact that they sponsor our podcast, they do. I they all think small business is what's important. And just if you go onto the website and check out some of the courses, Paul's included, wow, it is just what you need to learn is there.
0: Couldn't agree more. I have participated in that class and it changed a lot of my old views for 153 some years <laughs> that I've held. On, on, uh, yeah, it's going to be 154 soon.
1: Getting <laughs>
0: So anyway, two other things I want to mention about Paul. He has two certifications that are very unique. Most people have heard of the Myers-Briggs survey. Mm -hmm. Guess what? He is certified to facilitate a Myers-Briggs survey. And even more important, he is a certified leadership circle facilitator. And I'm going to let him tell you about both of those during our chat But for now, he's a friend, he's a colleague, but most importantly, he produces
1: this podcast.
0: Can you believe it? Thank goodness.
1: Thank goodness. Otherwise, what would we do?
0: We would do nothing (laughs) because (laughs) we would be floundering around on the ocean of uncertainty. We would have no idea. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) So we want to thank him for that. But today, he is our guest. And this is part two. If you didn't see part one, you got to go back and pick up part one, okay? Because part one was about leadership. Today, we're going to focus on business culture. Now, are you there, Boomer? We don't see you. Hello, Paul Boomer. Did he go out for a cup of
1: coffee? There he comes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He's making a grand
1: entrance. I love it. I love it, Paul.
0: And have some fun. A, A dramatic reveal. Yes, Sure. Last time we we spoke about uh, the fact that you're a husband, a father, and um, we we talked a little bit about your personal story. Uh, do you want to share that again? Sure. But
2: well, which part of it? But I'll. <laughs> so there's so many things. Uh, but, yeah, but there really... are.
0: But you yeah, mentioned so, so... your wife and your your family, and that was a nice personal touch.
2: Yeah. So I'll go back to the previous. Episode and you ask me why am I doing this thing? Yeah, it 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 goes down to my life experiences and for whatever reason was in special education, which is not easy when you're being bullied and such, and in a very large school. And then you find yourself a lot of times being in leadership positions, and. You're like, why am I? I don't get it. And I've never understood why I was put in so many leadership positions during my education. And then, unfortunately, a few years ago, my wife was diagnosed with breast cancer and then metastatic breast cancer after that. A few years after that, my, my father unfortunately passed away suddenly. And that topic, by the way, is mental health, is very dear to me because when he was working for the one company he worked for his entire life, he had some rough spots that caused some issues to to happen. And in our conversations, his, my conversations are surrounded around leadership and where he's been and such. And since his passing, I've really just said, you know what? I want to become who I've always been, which makes very little sense the way I said it, but understanding, Hey, I have this thing over here. I'm not using it. I want to start using it now because as you can see, I light up when I start talking about these topics. So I know earlier off air, we were talking about uh, my wife and how she's doing wonderful actually. And lots of little stories. The best story I can tell you right now is she's always been in these weird categories of 0.2% chance of this or that. She's actually now in the, I don't know what you'd call it, but very small percentage of somebody who might be cured of cancer. Beautiful. Wow. And that's a long story, but it is it is possible that she might actually be cured of metastatic, which is traditionally wow. uncurable.
1: Yep.
0: Boy, is that great news? Wow. <laughs> I can't... Well, you have, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have been an outstanding partner and supporter and advocate. You, you advocate in social media for... The husband, the partner, the spouse of the cancer victim. I know that you advocate for your wife. And so uh, and my good kids. on don't, don't forget about my kids. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, I don't forget yeah. them. I happen to, I don't know Paige, but oh I shouldn't say the name on there. That's all right That's all right. Uh, Your daughter, she has helped me out in yes. creating some nice gifts for clients. So yes. we know about Paige. But anyway, we digress. Let us jump headfirst into culture. Paul, that word culture, when I ran radio stations for all those years, and you listen to all the gurus and all the smart people with the big brains and Harvard and Wharton and MIT and all these, the culture word, man, is that word thrown around. Can you give our listeners a solid working definition of what in the hell is business culture
2: anyway? <laughs> the easiest way to put it is, it's what happens when the boss is gone. Mm. That's it. What happens when the boss is gone? Now, that yeah. is a very short explanation of what is, but it encompasses everything that goes into culture, which is a lot of the assumed processes, which includes a lot of the the underlying flow of, of why and how people do what they do. Lots of assumptions and the way the communication style, everything. There's so many things to go into. It. So that's why I just shrank it down to what happens when the boss is gone.
1: So based on that, you're, telling me that every business has a culture, even if they don't have one that they've defined? Or am I misunderstanding?
2: No, you're absolutely right. And that's one of the biggest things that I find is because culture, the, the word and everything, is seen as that fluffy thing, uh, I don't need to really worry about it. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't, I'm not a people person, whatever it is. What they typically don't understand is you have a culture, regardless if you put effort into it or not. The difference is and this is something that that just eats me a little bit. Is there's no bad or good culture? Did you know that? Mm-mm. There's no bad or good I culture. Did not. There is a functional or a dysfunctional culture. Mm. You can still run and operate a business as a dis- with a dysfunctional culture. Now you're handcuffed a little bit, but you can still run it. And there are many mm. organizations that have a dysfunctional culture. And are doing great. Mm.
0: So, uh, now that you mentioned that, can you give us an example of a dysfunctional culture? And what does it look like?
2: What does it feel like? And how does it affect the business? Dennis, I might need to go get uh, dinner and I'll be back. <laughs> 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 I, the, I know. the list goes on. But I'll explain. Briefly. I have I have one you know, in mind. We I have only have mine. two or three. We only have yeah. two or three hours to go. Okay. The one that comes to mind is a current client and they have an, an owner who is, and, and actually this is the same client I mentioned in the past podcast. I'll just let that be known. Do you want me to go talk about another one? <laughs> Whichever one comes enough? to mind. You're, you're the I, there's owner. just so many that come to mind. I just, I, yeah. Oh. You could what you want. I'll, I'll just pick we them. Want. I'll just pick on them.
1: I because they love I me and I love them.
2: And, uh, I won't tell. The, <laughs> the, the, the owner <laughs> is, I would say, if you if were to talk to their employees, is a control freak. And he wants to know every single thing that's happening and jumps in on in his parachute, fixes everything in his mind, and bails. And then the managers have to go in and... Fix everything that they might be able to, knowing that this person might come back and do it again. And that's just at the very top of this pinnacle mountain of culture. Mm. And what that does, that specific culture, is it puts doubt in everybody's mind. Am I doing my job right?
1: Okay.
2: Because you now have a boss who comes in, does it for you. Almost tells you how to do it, tells you how not to do it. you're doing something that probably is the best way to do it for whatever. That's why they hired you. But then they're being told that way. I'm the boss. Do Mm. my way. It creates toxic relationships. Mm. And again, they're a successful business, but they are a dysfunctional culture.
1: Okay, so how would that be turned around to be a positive culture? I want to use the same example.
2: There would be you a. You think it's
1: an owner that cares, right? That this owner cares what's going on. He's that not is. An that's the owner. key.
2: That's the key is when a dysfunctional organization culture is operating and they're making money and they're happy and such, they don't see a reason to fix this thing. Mm-hmm. It's hard for them to want to because they're like, oh. Pff. We're fine. We're good. I'm well, I'm good, boss. That actually reminds me of another one, which is important. This is also another very common thing. I'll get back to you, that answer there, Dalia. Sorry, my mind goes all over because I'm passionate. The <laughs> a, a CEO that I met was talking and he was really proud of himself and the organization for shifting everything in his plan, business plan, when COVID hit. I mean, he was just mm-hmm. proud and he should be because he skyrocketed his his revenue and everything. And then it was a group of us and somebody asked him, so what about your employees? How do you manage them? Oh, we're good, we, we didn't touch that. We've never touched that because it works so well. But you know what? I started to snoop around a little bit and started to ask some questions of employees. They looked happy. They looked like they were excited to be working and and such. But when you secretly ask them, hey, what's it like to work here? Oh, no. I'm getting out of here as soon as I can. As soon as I find another job, I'm leaving. Why is that? And they'd explain all these things. A lot of it had to go with micromanaging. Mm -hmm. So that CEO was blind to the fact that he could be better by looking at culture. Now, the way you look at culture and accelerate it or look at it, Leah, and turn it to the positive is that CEO, president, leader, whatever, they have to be willing to look in the mirror and ask themselves, what am I contributing positively and negatively? How am I helping this boat go faster? How am I possibly hindering it from going faster? Until they do that, culture is... Is going to be managed not by them, which, by the way, can be managed, not by that leader. Actually, they are managing it. They just don't know it. But it's being managed by the employees.
0: Paul, would that be... Would you consider that culture by default? Or... It's just the way things are done around here, but nobody planned it. It's just the way it is.
2: Is that... That's a great phrase, Dennis, culture by default. This is just the way it is. And we're not willing to adjust because we're fine.
0: That's a blind spot, is it not? That's a huge blind spot.
2: Yeah, it is a huge blind spot.
0: Not able to be easily seen and clearly not something that's top
2: of mind with most small business owners. Would that be fair to say? Absolutely. It goes back to that thing about we're making money. So why do I need to focus on culture? but let me tell you what, let me,
0: yeah, go ahead. No, 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 I think I know
2: where you're going already, but
0: go. I was going to ask you that question that you just posed. Hey, we're doing great. Why should I worry about this culture crap?
2: Gee, Dennis, (laughs) it's like we're on a show together or something. We do stuff together.
1: (laughs) I'm just glad one of you asked the question already because I was getting ready to do it.
2: The question, the question. (laughs) What was the question?
0: We're making a lot of money. Everything is rosy. Why in the should I (laughs) go to this culture nonsense? I don't understand it anyway, so
2: why bother? Why bother?
0: Yeah, why bother?
2: You built a company for a reason, right? Yeah. I have never met somebody who has a reason and says, eh. I want to work on it. I really don't want to. I'm passionate about it, eh? But I'm not willing to be better or help others be better within my organization. When you work on culture, when you are self-reflective, what happens in a business is a it accelerates profits. It's just it, there's no question about it because people are more willing to be productive. They want to be productive people are willing and wanting to come to work. They want to come to work because it matters to them. And if it matters to them, they're willing to bend over backwards to do some work. And it becomes easier to keep them and it becomes easier to re- to uh, to recruit new people. Mm-hmm. And with that hey! <laughs> And yeah, that, that's what I'm talking about. There's so many things of why you do this. And when you do that, you you increase your profit margin because you're not having to hire people all the time and retrain them, which, depending on your industry, the absolute minimum is at least $4,000 per person to train.
1: So this isn't a bunch of fluffy, oh, kumbaya, let's all have a group hug here. There are solid business reasons why you want to be able to change your non-functional culture into a functional culture.
2: Absolutely, and for any business owner, it usually comes down to revenue mar- profit margins because like they want to yeah, yeah. they, <laughs> they <wanna> please <laughs> right. their stakeholders, whoever it is, let it be the, org- the employees themselves, let it be their peers, let it be a board of directors, let it be the community. So, Paul, let's
0: say you have, Made the unfortunate discovery that you have a dysfunctional culture. How easy is it? And how, I know we could spend days on this, but in brief, how easy is it? What's the way to make it a functional culture? How do we do that?
2: First, look at yourself, look at your organization. My recommendation is for you as the boss to, to walk literally away from the business for a few days and reflect on what am I doing? What am I not doing? And while you are doing that, you pose that same question to your leadership team. And they do the same thing of, okay, how am I contributing or not contributing and such? And then you set a time that all of you sit down away from the company, not in your office, but actually outside and have a frank and honest conversation with each other. Mm -hmm. That's the, that's, and then there's many steps after that. It, it becomes down to change management and the processes and such, and what exactly needs to change. But that is what I'd recommend for somebody who wants to do it, do it themselves is just start understanding. Hey, I have a contribution in this, and I there has can to be some
1: it. there has to be some solid ground rules though because it's you talked about establishing that trust. Because if I'm going to tell Dennis, Dennis, I don't like when you wear that red and white checkered shirt. I got to know Dennis isn't going to be mad at me and say, Lee, I don't like when you wear that black one all the time. There's got to be, you got to establish the ground rules here, I would think.
2: Yeah. And that's, it goes in sync with that conversation is if you are not sure, if you don't know if you have psychological safety, A, ask. Honestly, your leadership team should be a leadership team that you're willing to have frank conversations with, right? Yeah. Why would you want them on your leadership team otherwise? And ask them, or sim- simply ask, hey, can we honestly tell each other what's going on? Do I have your permission? Even ask that. Do I have your permission to be honest with you? Mm, good question. That way. By the way,
1: Dennis, I like your shirt. Just saying, I do <laughs> like your shirt. <laughs>
0: That I was that getting question, very concerned. I almost started crying.
2: I could tell. <laughs> that question might be. So I,
1: sensitive, <laughs> Paul. He's so sensitive. Oh, I you
2: don't know the half of it. <laughs> 153 years old.
1: <laughs> See, right oh, here allows- we
2: have a culture, the three of us.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Everybody has a culture. No. And is it function is it functional or
2: dysfunctional? It leans on the functional side. There's some dysfunctions <laughs> here and there, but...
0: Leans uh, on the functional side. I yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I the, like that. I, I
1: want a t-shirt. <laughs> uh,
0: very diplomatic answer, Paul.
2: Very. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll be honest, Leah. The, I, I want to answer that, but that is a hard, long uh, answer that requires mm-hmm. understanding the organization itself. And every organization yeah, right. is a little different. There is no templates, so or that's how, <clears throat> how we're going to do it. The first thing really comes down to that conversation and knowing your leadership team has your back and, and you have theirs and they have yours. But yeah, there is psychological safety that has to come into play to that. And again, that's why you start at the very top where there'd better already be some trust amongst everybody. It better be, yeah. Yeah.
0: It sounds like in our as per our last episode on leadership, the, the common denominator is it's really hard to do this on your own. You really need to reach out. So, when they reach out to you, how do they find you?
2: The easiest way is to simply email me, Paul, Bo- Paul Boomer at wizardofads.com. I forgot my email okay. address. Paul Boomer at wizardofads.com, or go to wizardofads.com and look under the partners list, and you'll see me in there. Those are the two easiest ways to get a hold of me. Now, by the way. Earlier, you, you, as your producer, I'm going to yes. say something.
0: Ooh, Uh-oh, oh. we're going to get some notes. We're going to get some notes, Leah. Be prepared. It's coming. We knew
1: it was. We knew it was coming.
2: Because we can do this. Because we trust each other. I noticed that you said wizardofads.org for Wizard Academy. Oh, gosh.
0: I just, I that's a what? terrible. So, um, am I, uh, I going to get fired? No. But it's Wizard <laughs> Academy. Yeah. wizardacademy.org is. wizardacademy.org is, is where you'll find wizardabads.com for the email but wizardacademy.org
2: for the academy you got it and that Which there did, yeah. is another way to get a hold of me like you said i have a course on culture leadership and teamwork and the last time that the inaugural i had so much people so many of the people saying when you do the next one, let me know. (laughs) Yes. And that will come out. You got a lot.
0: I knew you got a lot of good feedback, both because I was at that class. You got feedback both right then and there. And afterwards you had people reaching out to you, which to me is the mark of a great course. So when you see (laughs) that course come up, (laughs) wizardacademy.org, go take it. (laughs) Paul, thank you Again, we could spend more hours and hours, but again, we've reached our time limit. So what can I say? You're a subject matter expert. You've shared a big piece of your brain with us that has inspired and informed and encouraged. Thank you for being our producer and for sharing what you know about business, culture, and leadership. That's this episode of Connect and Convert stay tuned, because we're going to be back shortly. Stay tuned. Bye.